Welcome to Black Armada Tales, an actual play podcast. My name is Josh Fox, my pronouns are he, him. I will be your keeper. Hello, I'm Becky Anison. My pronouns are she, her, and I will be playing Gabby the Surge, and her pronouns are also she, her. And I'm James Torrance, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be playing Azure Wings, the last, whose pronouns are also he, him. Hi folks, I'm Nick Bates, my pronouns are he, him, uh, and I'm playing the Viscount Greaves, who is the Shade. Uh, his pronouns are also he, him. Hi, I'm Sue Elliott. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. I'll be playing August the Found, whose pronouns are also she, her. And today we are here to play Apocalypse Keys by Jamila Arnajadi. It's a game about uh, the apocalypse. Uh, the end is nigh. The world is fragile. Many things howl at the edges of reality. Many claws reach out to find a way in. There are ancient doors of power that connect this world to destiny. If harbingers of the apocalypse open enough of these doors, the world will end on their terms. But you're not going to let that happen. You've come to love this world, even if it doesn't completely accept you. You are an agent of the Department of Interdimensional Vigilance and International Security Interdisciplinary Operations Network, or Division. I'm never going to say that name again except as Division. Uh, You're an organisation that combats occult threats, makes sense of supernatural phenomena and investigates the encroaching apocalypse. And you are all monsters. Uh, So this is going to be our character gen session. Let's start off with uh, player and keeper check-in. So I would like to just see uh, each of you if there's a particular thing that you are excited for about the game then let me know now so and let us all know so we can play to it mm, i'm gonna start with question. becky me yeah. inside me uh i would like to have some interesting interpersonal relationships between characters and group camaraderie they're the two things i'd like to hit yeah i'm the i'm with becky there i'm really into the interpersonal stuff um, and any kind of intrigue, any uh, sniff of conspiracy or anything like that is also very welcome. I think I would like to go hard towards apocalypses, drive at our ruins, and <laughs> crank up that drama quickly. All of those things sound good. Um, I'll add in I was going to say coherent world building. Coherent is perhaps the wrong word. Weaving together the diverse strands of what we're going to get from these uh, very different characters into some kind of a word like coherent, but a little less so. A semi-coherent tapestry. (laughs) Everyone except James is going to get what they want. (laughs) (laughs) When you were I... a child, did you ask Father Christmas for world peace? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I asked for an at-at. I never got an at-at. I got a scout walker. <sighs> I would like to um, uh, really get into the investigative bit of the game. Um, I, we've Some of us have played Brindlewood Bay, uh, which has a similar mechanism to this. and I just want to see how it works when you're work- dealing with you know, strange supernatural phenomena instead of a murder mystery so i'm looking forward to getting into that yeah here for that for sure mm, definitely it says here i should go over the cats um aka concept aim tone and subject matter Content warning, this game deals with mature themes such as apocalypse and the end of the world supernatural forces and the occult some concepts lean into experiences that may find parallel with racism and marginalization uh, you are encouraged to change aspects of the game to improve your enjoyment of the game, but it's also okay to not play this game. We are going to play this game. Guys, it's not okay to not play it. Uh, not unless this goes really badly. The key themes are solving mysteries, wrestling with power, uh, emotional entanglements, and the fact that your power will likely lead to your ruin. Um, all of which sound amazingly good. Uh, we're going to use the first session to create our characters and establish a few important details of the division. The tone, 
There will be a lot of mystery, horror and a focus on investigation and we'll also often look at the emotional state of our characters, their relationships to each other and their own powers of darkness. I can't see because I'm looking at the concept document but I imagine that Becky is fist pumping right now. <laughs> been a bit of that. A little bit. It's just a little bit, you know, not too much fist pumping. Okay, quite a bit of fist pumping. <laughs> there was some of that. Uh, it says the tone can be very dark. Uh, because since we are dealing with apocalyptic themes, horror, the supernatural, and so on, but Apocalypse Keys is meant to have at its heart a sense of hope. If things get too dark for any of us, we'll use our safety tools to move into a different direction. Um, and then finally, a note on the mystery. I think everybody knows this, but in this game, there are clues to uncover and suspects to meet in the course of our story. However, as your keeper, oh yes, I'm the keeper, not the GM. I do not have a solution in mind for the mystery. Instead, the mystery is dependent on your interpretation of the clues. And we'll go over this in more detail when we get to the moves. But the important thing to remember is that most of the narrative power is in your hands. Be bold in your interpretation and have fun with it. Cool, that's cats. Uh, safety tools. I propose that we use the safety tools that we normally do for this group. There are some special safety tools for this game. They look really cool. I just think there's a lot to learn for a new game and I'd rather um, stick with the X card, which we will use um, if anything happens during the session that we want to quickly edit out uh, without discussion. And also I think we should do it the usual uh, band list and uh, lines and veils. That's what I'm trying to say. All right, I'm going to read out the lines and veils. Even though everyone can see the lines and veils, I'm going to read them out for our audience. So the lines we have said we will not be featuring in the story in any form. Sex abuse, child abuse, racism or homophobia. I think I might just like any kind of kind of bigotry probably um yeah yes and then we are veiling meaning we will not describe in detail uh gratuitous violence sex and torture which is itself a form of gratuitous violence uh great thank you very much for that we can now move to character creation exciting um so we're going to create the monsters of the division and to start off with, the PCs are monsters who work for the Division. You are the only ones who can stand against other monsters, study the omens and signs of the apocalypse, investigate mysteries with your powers of darkness, and fight the harbingers of the apocalypse. Uh, so we are going to choose a playbook that inspire us uh, first, which I think everyone has done. So can we, in the usual order... Uh, announce what playbook we've chosen. Uh, I, Becky, will be playing the Surge. I, James, will be playing the Last. <laughs> the Second. Uh, I'm Nick, still, and I'll be playing the Shade. Um, and I, Sue, uh, have chosen the Found. Uh, do you know what? We probably um, will do a proper intro in a bit. Um, but we need so we need to uh, check out your powers of darkness and choose them uh, if there's a choice. I think there usually is. Yes, looks like it to me. Yeah, this is a tricky one because uh, I'm interested in hearing what other people's choices are. I think I've got one down, but what my second one is going to be is a is an open question. Um, why don't you tell us what you've already chosen? I think in the interests of being a monster, I have to choose necromancy. Uh, because it sounds horrible. Mm -hmm. um, and definitely not heroic. Uh, so that's that's number one. Also, conveniently, the first on the list. Um, but the second, oh, I mean, they all sound good. Man, do you get two? Do you only get one? I, yeah. I... Yours are pretty good, though. Oh, I... Yeah, there's a reason oh, I, I get... think I only get one. Oh, okay. I'm not called a surge for nothing. So do you know what you're going to take, Becky? 
Yeah, I think I do. I was going to take Angelic Fury. Are you Angel Summoner? <laughs> or are you angel? I, I, congratulations, I'm choosing BMX power. I'm choosing BMX powers. <laughs> right there on the sheet, you're the last one who knows the 1980s BMX skills. We're done. Uh, so, presumably, you've chosen the popping a wheelie uh, player move as well. <laughs> of course. Goes without saying. No, I'm not taking Angel Summoner. I don't summon angel, angels. I think I have a shard of an angel inside me. Oh, wow. Awesome. It's not the blessing that you would imagine. Anyone else? Before I have to make the hard yeah, choice? I'm very, I'm very keen, because I also get two. Uh, so the first one I'd like to take is Telepathy and Mind Blasts. Because uh, how can you not? Um and uh, the second one I'm not 100% on, but sounds quite interesting, is Ancient Weapons of Magic. Uh, but I don't know if that will um, overlap with anyone else's um, kind of powers or character concept. So, James, why don't you um, tell us if you've had any thoughts? Um... Yeah, so I'm going with dimensional phasing, which I'm assuming is mainly a sort of kitty pry pass through walls thing. But, you know, if we establish that there's, you know, the death dimension or whatever, then I imagine it covers that as well. Um, And I think I'm going to go for a flight and speed because it makes sense with other aspects of my character ideas, though. Bear in mind that that means I'm relinquishing void spells and limited time manipulation, which are pure cheese. Um, but I think, I nevertheless, I can't believe you're not taking limited time manipulation. I, that would I'm be... with I'm with Josh every step of the way. First one on the last. Yeah, I I, I agree <laughs> with that also. I'll I'll take when we do the rest of the character. I'll take you through my logic, and we'll see what we think. Hmm. What we'll do is we'll periodically go, I wish someone had taken limited time manipulation. <laughs> that would that be really useful. Because that pretty much anything. You know, at the end of, which is it, X-Men Days of Future Past, you know, they establish how amazingly cool Quicksilver is. And then, which is, you know, effect- he's fast, but it's effectively the same thing. And then, like, two-thirds of the way through the movie, they say, well, Quicksilver, you've done your bit. You can go home now, because they've established Quicksilver can solve anything, so that would take all the suspense out of the conclusion. <laughs> well, you make an excellent point. It's true fact. So, Nick, how, what does this all this mean for your second power? Oh, this means <laughs> none of you are any help at all. Um, so my options are Let the Dead Speak, Shadow Magic, Supernatural Strength and Speed... And machines powered by soul magic. Obviously the last one. Yeah. Yeah, that one's kind of crying out. I mean, I agree, but it's also hard. Hmm. (laughs) Yes. Uh, What do these machines look like? Ah, fine. Look, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. And bear in mind, these are... For anyone who's played Masks, it's a bit like Masks, that, like, there's no real limitations on how you use your powers it's just uh, you describe what you do and it'll either be something that we think yeah you can just do that or you'll push powers to the limit and you roll a move it also says you should pay special attention to what the darkness demands of you uh, which is excellent so yeah what the darkness demands of you uh so you are all kind of proto-harbingers, if you like. Um, to be clear, you are heroic characters who could go down the slippery slope to becoming um, a harbinger. And the what the darkness demands of you is kind of your route to becoming a harbinger if you do too much of that, I think. Um, and specifically... There's, a, there's like a move where you where you decide that you are torn between uh, your monstrous nature and your human heart, or are tempted by what you what the darkness demands of you, and that can um, uh, generate interesting effects in play. So, 
have a look at those. I think those are choices as well. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. With a with an open option at the end. I don't have an open option. Don't you? Oh, the poor old surge. It's good to be honest to have my option limited because for this sort of thing, I just want to take everything. Mm. Likewise, when we get to what collateral damage do you leave in your wake? I'm really struggling to choose between all of them. Oh man, there are so many great options in these pick lists. Yeah, I know. Oh, Which, you, you... It, to be fair, is a sign of a great bit of playbook design. So it I've says got... each playbook comes with a list of possible demands and the players choose two. So if you've chosen one, good news, you get to choose another. I've chose two. It was I wanted to choose four. <laughs> nice, okay. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Cool. Go, go, go. Uh, the darkness demands that I consume every psychic in the world. Wow. And that I kill death in single combat. <laughs> Is that really? Wow. Literally to kill death. I better do mine then. If, uh, if other people are still choosing. Oh, yes, please. So the darkness demands of me that I am the downfall of those I care for and that I erase humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh on that last one. That I erase humanity itself. Wow. Kill death, erase humanity. Any Can't decide if those are in conflict other... or, or perfectly complementary. Oh, well, if you want to hear complimentary, um, <laughs> what does the darkness demand of you? Um, the darkness demands that I destroy my friends before they destroy me <laughs> and uh, create an army of mindless puppets. Oh, so good. Wow. Just... I'm a bit worried we, we might all just tear each other apart before we do any good. In which case, can I suggest that we make sure that we're all completely in love with each other and best friends first, just to make it really bite? So that so that Becky becomes okay. responsible for the downfall of the entire party. There's no point. Um, there's no point betraying people that you don't care about. That's weak source. That is. I quite agree. Uh so uh, the darkness demands of me uh, that I resurrect my people at the expense of humanity. Uh, so, you know, without uh, jumping too far forward, my, my people were, you know, extinguished uh, great eons ago. So that probably involves some kind of time travel scenario, but maybe not. Um, and the other option. So um, my, my uh, people uh, were destroyed in you know, as a result of, of the attention of... Um, terrible cosmic entities being brought to us by uh, a great techno-magical ritual that I was overseeing. So, But there's a bit of me that's sure that if I did the techno-magical ritual again, I'd get it right this time. Nice. Unlimited power. I believe in you. Awesome source. Um, Yeah, so the other thing that you can do with this, by the way, is you can gain bonds with what the darkness demands of you. Um, bonds are sort of like the, the strings hex type mechanic in this game, but they're a bit more flexible than in a lot of games. You, you don't actually have to be helped by someone you have a bond with in that moment. You can do flashbacks and things like that um, to, to when they gave you helpful advice or whatever. Um, but uh, when you use a bond with what the darkness demands of you, you become closer to your apocalyptic self and... Uh, start down your dark path and it's, it's all going to be lovely um, I mean killing death seems like quite a good quite a good idea to me so um, hopefully we'll get that one done uh, don't fancy humanity's chances much <laughs> they do seem to be in the firing line somewhat this could just become a beautiful game where we all team up to you know be our darkest selves and um, achieve complementary goals of annihilating everybody you make a compelling case. Hang on. It does sound quite uplifting. <laughs> Josh can't stop way. us. I can't, it's true. <laughs> okay, so step two is to bring your character to life using the prompts as inspiration. So you should have uh, uh, 
various choices around name, physical description, origin, uh, and an idea for how they may become a harbinger of the apocalypse. I'm having trouble choosing my collateral damage, actually. What, what are your choices? Well, some of them I think are not quite awful enough. Um, so the first one is my powers of darkness ignite volatile energies in the area. Maybe. It doesn't feel like it kind of sits with the theme. But um, the next one is when I lose control of my powers, anything I touch is corrupted, which I quite like. My subconscious rewrites small aspects of reality for a short time. That's the one I'm kind of leaning into the most, I think. Um, memories become distorted and break down in unpredictable ways. And something else that reminds me I am dangerous. I'm thinking of going for the subconscious rewriting reality, but I would, I would welcome other people's thoughts. Hmm. Yeah, I really like the corruption one, but I don't. Um, you're, I mean, it's shard of an angel. That could be corrupting, or it could be. So my conception for is it how I bring about the apocalypse, or like how I go to the bad, Josh? Is that right? Your yeah, your um, yeah, that's right. How, so, how you? Um, my conception for that is that I am playing an, a sort of cleansing angelic fire which just burns away everything and, you know, leaves the purity of ash in its wake. Um, so I kind of, like, don't really want to go for the corrupted thing, but maybe the subconscious reality twisting might. Do you like the, the Warhammer 40k okay. angel? I'm not familiar with the Warhammer bit of... Uh, with the angelic bit for Warhammer 40k. Yeah, I was, I was only following these things up to about, like, you know, 6th edition. Is this a late period thing? Or is this, like, in the, in the you know, appendix to Rogue Trader? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just meant um, that religion in Warhammer tends to come with a certain amount of cleansing fire. Oh, oh yeah, that uh, part, if, yeah. If you mean that I'm, like, a bit like the Exterminatus. Made flesh. Made flesh. I suppose, like when when Ripley says we've got to nuke it from orbit, that that's the, that's what you're gonna say. The beginning of the game. Yeah. I don't yet know what the clues are or what the threat might be, but we should nuke everything from orbit now. It's the only way to be sure. I'm gonna take reality warping. Next right. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> um, I've got an origin. Um, I just wanted to see whether that overlaps at all with anyone. Uh, my origin is I was found in an abandoned facility that performed cruel experiments. So I don't know if that's good, if that's like doubling up on anyone else's kind of thing. Not me. Cool. For what it's worth too, I'm, I'm, I mean maybe also for the last but I'm imagining that, that I've been part of the division for perhaps a long time. Um so I don't know if there's an associated bond or something with that, but it, it, it could have been me. Oh. I mean, well, what I meant was it could have been me who found you, but now I realise. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there is a relevant bonds question. So. Yes. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Everything's falling into place. Nice one. I think, I think I'm ready to go. Um, so just just to, just to flag that up. I don't think I have a, a, a really clear um, vision of my character in my head, like uh, physical appearance-wise. But I figured that's something I could kind of build on as we go along or just see what comes out of my mouth <laughs> yeah I mean that's always a good way to find things out for sure um, and then forget it all by first session <laughs> Yeah. but the good thing is there's going to be a recording so uh... wait do I have to <laughs> listen to my voice again uh, it's up to you um... <laughs> I vote no unless anyone is like champing at the bit to tell us something cool about their character now. 
I might also move things forward to the refine your abilities bit, which is where you choose your one playbook move. Oh, wow, I didn't realize this. So you can choose a division move or you can choose a ruin move. Oh, so anyone who... Um, we can the, get ruin moves as we go along, right? You can, we can get division moves as we you go along as well. So, yeah. uh, ruin moves are a bit easy to get, though, because like I think division moves are, are got with XP and ruin moves basically are got by a completely different mechanic. So it's kind of like you can... I think you can run quite hard at ruin if you want to, is, is how I'd put it. It says it depends on whether your organisational ties or your self-destructive tendencies are more central to the initial vision for your character. Ooh, or indeed, you make, whether you just you like... choose like that? I don't know. So, yeah, you get... I think you, you get one playbook move automatically, the first one on the list. And just in case we use this, I will add that when choosing division moves, you should make sure you have different ones from each other. Uh, we already discussed that before we recorded. Oh man, so good. So good. I have to say, both the division moves and the ruin moves got me really excited when reading them. Like, they're just a lot of very cool, mega the powerful stuff. moves on these sheets. At the very end. One of the reasons I was slightly disappointed not none of you took the... Um, uh, whatever it is, the, the one that's like the devil, demon the type fallen? character, the, the fallen. The fallen. Um, they have a corruption move or a ruin move, whatever they're called, where they they basically write down a list of steps in their plan to retake heaven. And then <laughs> they go through those steps and they get a whole new sort of sub game where they've got to try and tick off all those steps. And if you can tick them all off, then you actually do become... Um, an avenging um, force of destruction trying to retake heaven and then, then the other players have to fight you I will say the, the, <laughs> the list of what the darkness demands of you for the fallen is spectacular and I mean read in order too to kill all the gods, to storm heaven to create dark churches in my name to make my fellow monsters my worshippers <laughs> beautiful the other ones are really great too. I just, yeah. um, I really love the little the little mini game about <laughs> fulfilling <laughs> your plan. So I, I've made all my choices. You too, Sue? Yeah, I think I'm there as well. And James has just posted them up. Excellent. Well then, I kind of do want to hear what your moves are. I, like, don't, don't go into great detail about them. Just kind of give me the the bird's eye view of what you've chosen. Um, so the the playbook move that I've taken in addition to the one I get at the start is um, my darkness is never leashed so when I unleash the dark I can choose one from the below list of stuff even on a mess and I have as as discussed previously taken dream review protocols as my division move i'm going to go with the division move for now um and that means that for as long as i've remember as as i remember i've had strange and prophetic dreams the division thinks i was once a time traveler but i lost the ability to move through time oh if only the division knew what was really going on um they have equipment and personnel available to help record and analyze useful information from the dreams, often leading to breakthroughs during an investigation. Um, there's a bunch of questions that I have to answer when I take the move, or one question I have to answer when I can take the move. When I take the move, Josh. Can I ask what your your starting move is, the one you automatically get? Yeah, sure. So my surge starting move is on a knife's edge. When I give in to my true power in an effort to control it, spend darkness, tokens, and roll. On an 8 to 10, there is a brief moment of serenity before my power crashes through. And at any time during the scene, I can choose an option from the list below. I can choose two in total. Unleash the dark as if I draw an 8 to 10. Shield someone from danger. Um, break through any barrier or restraints. Allow my power to reach out to the ancient door of power and open myself up to the answer. Um, otherwise it's feeding on fear and surging uncontrollably creating huge amounts of collateral damage so 
Yeah, so I'll just explain that a little bit, actually. Um, cool. If you ha you may or may not have already noticed this, but unlike normal PBTA games, um, this has three tiers, but the best tier is in the middle. So, like, if you roll too high, that's actually bad. And if you roll too low, that's mm. also bad. So you want to be in the middle. Um, like, if you roll higher, it's it's good... Like you still get good stuff, but you overdo it, um, and quite often it involves some sort of connection to your dark path or what have you. You end up causing collateral damage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, the distribution is slightly different, though, isn't it? Because that middle one that you're trying to hit is actually an eight to ten; it's not a seven to nine. That's right, and also that you get to choose uh, like how big of a bonus you give yourself to your roll because you spend tokens to do it. So. It's this is a bit different, um, mm. and uh, the only thing that really helps you with this is that you can spend bonds after you roll, and they can be used to give a plus or a minus. Mm. So there is a way to tack back into it, but really you're kind of a little bit at the mercy of all sorts of random stuff happening, and hopefully that'll be really fun. I've, I've tended to regard, you know, seven to nine and ten plus as things written in tablets of stone by by Vincent Baker, never to be tampered with. Um, but you know, this is very much a game where we're supposed to be uh, tampering things with things that uh, mortals were not meant to meddle with. So I'm excited to see how it goes. The tablets Danny of stone cares cracked. nothing for Vincent's so-called rules. <laughs> <laughs> so, James, do you want to tell us about your yeah sick powers? Uh, so, um, well, I, I haven't got sick powers so much as ability to engage in sad narration, um, <laughs> which is, you know, complimentary. <laughs> um, so uh, my default uh, last starting move, Ashes to Ashes, uh, is when I declare how the wisdom of my people may help in a situation, I get to roll... Uh, and that allows me to, you know, recall ancient knowledge or recognize the prophecy hanging over your fellow monsters, that kind of thing. Um, and as my second move, so there are a number of one, a couple of different ones that are a bit like, you know, reveal your true form, which I quite like. But I've left those aside for the moment uh, in favor of a flickering hope, which just lets me monologue at, at the start of each session. Describe a memory you have of your people. Um, and that can grant an epiphany, which uh, can be useful. But mainly, you know, it's 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 a license to drone on. <laughs> I'm all for that. That's excellent. <laughs> if I don't stop speaking, then I just get to speak for the entire session. Those are the rules. <laughs> You're gonna filibuster our sessions. <laughs> That's my understanding. <laughs> I do have the power to mute people, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> just, just periodically unmute James mid-monologue. <laughs> see what he's saying now. Let's just check in on James. <laughs> <laughs> see how he's doing. So is that it? Was it... Uh, yeah. Uh, so my division move is going to be Psychic Invokers. Uh, the division has trained a number of psychics to attune to an agent. Um, so basically I can get in touch with my handler um, to um, receive information. But I am, of course, opening my brain to the world's psychic maelstrom. So that can't go wrong. Also, you're making Nick's character very hungry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, excellent. Um, and yeah, there are, there, are, there are some prompt questions about your relationship with the Psychic Invokers, but I'll explain that when I explain the other bits of my character that they go with. Do all the Division moves have prompt questions? Is that what's going on here? I think so. I think yeah. I'd, I'd forgotten. I think, I think so. I think there's a separate stage where we create the Division, so we'll save those for, for when we get to that, I think. Cool. So, Nick... Okay. Great. Uh, so my my automatic move, uh, my starting move is soul like a steel trap. Um, my cold analytical skills can help me devise the perfect plan. When I study a tense situation, spend and roll. Uh, it's a it's an ask questions move. Um, you know, what did the division files tell me about this? Which of our powers of darkness will be most effective with that kind of stuff? Um, I particularly like the eleven plus on this one, which is on 11 plus ask one from above, but you come to a harrowing realization about the situation. 
so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, my second shade move is your reputation precedes you. Um, when you first encounter a named NPC, faction, or monster, you may declare that they have intimate ties with division. And then I roll. Um, in the sweet spot, I know a lot about them. Um, if I overdo it, they're dangerous. Uh, if I underdo it, I'm dangerous. Um, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then rounding that out, I'm taking a division move. Um, I'm taking the Forbidden Archives. So I've spent a lot of time in the maze of libraries underneath the division. Um, and I can at some point declare that I've taken a book with me and I can, I can attempt to crack it open. Uh, and those books, when you crack them open, do all kinds of crazy stuff. That's not actually an information move, is it? Like you'd think when when I saw the title, I was like, "Oh, this will be an information move," and it isn't. The book really isn't. No, (laughs) I mean it can be. One or two of the things are are provide information, but you know you can also use the book to devour an object or a person. (laughs) Just exactly how books normally work. Well, that's fair. Yeah, groovy. See. Okay, my starting move is you can't hide your heart from me. Uh, so I can basically um, Deanna Troy, mm-hmm. someone else, get a sense of what... Uh, it, it's Again, it's asking questions. Um, uh, if I roll especially high, then their mind bleeds into mine and uh, I have to answer questions that they ask me. Um, if it's a low roll, then I basically break their mind, which would be really embarrassing. Um, All these moves are so good. Yeah. (laughs) All so good. Uh, The move I took is a man of a thousand faces, um, so I can can reflect the thoughts um, or memories of others to help them see who they wish to see. Um, so my form can actually t- take on the form of what they want to see. Um, if I roll low, then um, the thought or memory bears the mark of a harbinger. Um, and if I roll high, um, it's it's a very it's a discordant image basically. Um, and then the division move I took is uh, orphanage visit. So the division has an orphanage. Um, with uh, professional caretakers looking after young monsters. Um, there's some questions to answer about that. And uh, if I and another person, PC or NPC, uh, visits, then we can um, describe how, you know, describe what we're doing to take care of the little monsters and we can erase ruin that way. Um, and it can also um, give us uh, omens or like clues and things as well. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's cute. I can't wait to see some little orphan monsters. As long as none of them are psychics, just <laughs> delicious, delicious psychics. Yum, 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 yum. So you could, if they were, then you could use them to increase or decrease your ruin, <laughs> as you prefer. Nick, stop eating the children. Don't we have an ec- Don't we have a band list about that? Sort we of absolutely thing? do. I was yes. going to say I would be worried about bringing the uh, the monsters to these children. We have explicitly banned anything bad happening, so it's going to be fine. It was is, a wise is move. Eating somebody really abuse. I mean. The looks on your faces suggest you're not sure. <laughs> uh, great. So step four is that we're going to introduce our characters to the other players. It says to focus on your origin and what the darkness demands of you. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, I'm going to play um, Gabby, who is. I know I said they have the shard of an angel. But um, when I looked at my origin stories, I noted that one of them said, da, 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 da. I was born with these terrible powers as a punishment. Um, and what I thought might be quite cool is if um, I am a, a sort of a resurrected angel 
resurrected is not the right word, reincarnated, something like that, that somebody was born and this the shard of an angel was put inside them as a punishment for the angel. So I'm not like, it's not like I have a whole separate entity in my head. I am myself, who is also the shard, um, but that I was put on earth as a punishment. I think, I think it would be cool if um, my punishment was that I refused to exact some sort of um, uh, cleansing judgment on a part of humanity. And so I was dumped down to live with humans, but also lacking control of the part of my uh, powers which are cleansing judgment of humanity to teach me a lesson it's not just you that's going to be taught a lesson yes well um so yeah so that's kind of my conception so it's a little bit different from uh the rules as written is that okay it's totally okay in fact i should have said um you are this is a, an unusual pbta game in that it seems to encourage you to kind of customize everything i mean it doesn't quite say take apart the rules and rebuild them if you want to but it definitely sort of says oh if you don't like the way that a particular move is cast just reskin it basically do what you like so yeah Absolutely so I fine. don't have full memories of my angel life but when i was thinking dream review protocol um might it's not that I'm a time traveller, it's that I have some latent memories of my angelic life that I can access through the dream review protocol, but mostly I'm kind of aware that I used to be an angel, but I don't really remember much about it. Um, something that hints about how I try to be human is one of my tells, or one of my looks, I should say. Um, and I think that she is very careful and cautious to try and consider other people's feelings a lot um and uh, i have some anachronistic clothing and i'm not going to, going to go to doctor who with it although i was quite tempted to um but i think i'm just going to go for some very boring black skinny jeans as worn by 85 percent of my characters um but with a regency style military spencer jacket I think you should go full Doctor Who. I don't understand why you are holding back from that, but yeah, cool. Uh, in that case, let's just chuck in a scarf, a long knitted stripy scarf. And oh, that's, that's definitely catching fire. Yeah, yeah, it really is. <laughs> New scarf every session. What what what's what are you called? Gabby. Gabby. Do we need a surname? Oh, I, I wonder what surname. that could be short for. Gabby Watson. Damn straight I was licking up angel names that I could shorten into something cute halfway through this session, Josh. I didn't catch it at all. Oh, mind like a steel trap. That's me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Is there anything else that I have to say in my introduction? The dark demands it. that I wreak fiery judgment on human beings. And I yeah. And you know that my power is um, angelic fury and beauty, um, but I'm not going to be going for kind of beauty in the sense of gorgeous, luminous, traditional angel types. I'm going to be going for proper angelic beauty. So there'll be like eyes popping on everything <laughs> and burning wheels and that sort of thing. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, like like the way... I, I'm right, aren't I? This isn't just some sort of urban myth that the way that angels are actually described in the, at least the Bible, it's like something with like a thousand eyes on it and burning wheels and stuff like that and it's not at all like a beautiful blonde white person hovering in the sky with big wings yeah it's meant to be basically like incomprehensible to a human brain isn't it really wow so that's what i'm gonna go with maybe i'll maybe i'll read the bible (laughs) (laughs) the visual equivalent of alanis morissette whispering in your ear is it yeah if you do read it, you should probably skip chapter three. It's just a list of names. Yeah, I think I, think I did once gap. try to read the Bible and gave up when it got to the kind of <laughs> it was Shem, which begat. Uh, no, I don't care. Pretty sure there's someone called Ham in there. There is. Ham. Mm, ham. <laughs> You'd be better off reading A uh, Hundred Years of Solitude. 
Let's just move on. Um, <laughs> if you have nothing more to tell us, then I suggest... No, I'll, I'll go on mute. <laughs> we'll hear about James's character. Ah... <gasps> oh. Tried to, I tried to read Love in the Time of Cholera one time. Didn't really grab me. Anyway, uh, I what I have read is the monster section of the Call of Cthulhu rule book. So what I've done here is I've just like shaken that up to mix it together <laughs> to come up with something that's wholly unoriginal but made of different bits of things. Um, but but mostly made of the insects from Shagai, which I gather is a Ramsey Campbell story. I've never read any Ramsey Campbell stories. I hear he's good. Anyway, I'm an insect that lives in someone's brain. Um, so back in the Cretaceous period, um, my you know insectile um, people, uh, we we come from from uh, the the uh, the star system Arcanar. I'll call us the Arcanari. Um, you know, we we could plunge from world to world at will, uh, and we we plunged to the earth. We um, took over the brains of you know uh, dinosaurs, proto mammals, whatever was roving around. Um, we we had great times. We built uh, wondrous cities, um, but we delved too greedily and too deep. Um, and um, uh, yeah, so I think I was, you know, overseeing some grand technomagical ritual to um, gain unlimited cosmic power, uh, and we drew the attention of, uh, you know, terrible, ill-defined cosmic entities, um, which uh, decided to, you know, go from world to world and snuff out our civilization uh, with effects difficult to distinguish from an asteroid impact. Um <laughs> So, um, and I alone, uh, through some techno-magical science, uh, was saved. A cup, smash cut forward 65 million years. Um, and Division, uh, sending out an expedition to the Antarctic, um, you know, to investigate, uh, mysterious, uh, ancient ruins. Um, and, uh, they dig me up. Um, and, you know, revive me. It's confusing for me. I don't know what's going on. Um, I just know that there's some, you know, entities in front of me might be hostile, have sweet, juicy brains. Uh, so, you know, I fly into them where, where it's warm, it's safe, I can control things. And by the time we've got everything smoothed over, um, my, my, my host body is, is under my control, but he's pretty much brain dead. Um, so, um, He's uh, he's called uh, Cornelius Danforth. Um, I uh, now I was thinking about names and I thought I'd go for something. I was thinking about those ancient Mayan names like sort of Shield Jaguar, that kind of thing in translation. I thought like that, but a bit prettier. And then I thought that's really getting me into My Little Pony territory. Um, so I'm going for Azure Wings, if that's not too My Little Pony for you. You know, obviously, in the language of our insect people, it's something completely different. But you know, in in in, in your primitive tongue, um, and um, yeah. So now there are people who've worked with uh, with Danforth for fifty years in division before that, and now they're around him. Except he's me, and I've maybe got a little bit of access to his memories, um, but. Um, when I say I flew into his brain, obviously I can phase through dimensions, so the skull's all still there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, I can happily phase out of him from time to time, and in my insect form, which is very pretty, you know, it's like a sort of six-winged iridescent butterfly thing um, with a huge mass of legs, but in a, in a pretty way. Um, and, yeah, in that form, I can happily uh, flit around at great speed uh, and phase through things, and, you know, Cornelius collapses like a ragdoll. And um, what do people generally call you, Danforth, or uh, as your wings? Um, I think I, I can't. I, I leave it to them. If they've sort of been with the division for a while, they might like instinctively call me Danforth because that's what they know. Or if they want to spite me, they might call me Danforth. It's useful ammunition. What are your Pronouns. I should have said my pronouns are she, her, both for my character and for me. But what uh, as your wing slash? Hmm. Uh, let, let's let's go for heat him in both cases. Um, and yeah, so um, 
you know, as I say, there's there's a bit of me that might like to, you know, time travel back to the Cretaceous by some means, uh, avert the whole disaster. Obviously, that would wipe all of you guys from the timeline. Well, um, that depends on your character details, but probably wipe you from the timeline. Um, but, you know, um, is it bad to have never existed? Difficult to say. Um... <laughs> and um yeah the the the, the grand techno magical ritual that i was overseeing in the the dim and distant um i you know there's there, there's a bit of me that sure i could uh sure i could do the same thing a second time physical appearance that's what i haven't covered uh so i've, I've told you what as your wings looks like uh cornelius Danforth is sort of unpredictably ill-kempt because don't really know how to human so every so often people will be like do you know teeth have to be cleaned and i'm like oh um <laughs> so uh yeah and you know clothed in in a set of clothing that makes coherent sense if your vision is like in a, through another dimension in the ultraviolet so <laughs> a bit of like colin baker doctor who uh color coordination going on there in some sort of 60s hippie way oh yeah and with 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 uh, an, an, an amulet to remind me of of my um terrible mistake uh and, and or great achievement you know the grand techno magical ritual that destroyed my people it's got the you know I- I- elaborate geometrical design that was all part of the um ritual um you know the the the, the equivalent of a sort of elaborate summoning circle things inscribed within things um yeah that's me awesome uh I hope you're all going to look like different incarnations of Doctor Who now, because that would be <laughs> so, <laughs> so good. Nothing would make this game better for me at this point than if we all look like different incarnations. If you do, I might give you the TARDIS just as a freebie. <laughs> I have some bad news for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're next, Nick. I so... am next, yes. Uh, so, so... My Nick's pronouns are he, him. Uh, my character's pronouns are also he, him. I am playing the Viscount Greaves. Um, that's that's the title, not my personal name. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a spin on one of my name options is a name and title I need to reclaim one day. Uh, the, the set of circumstances that led to me being what I am now... Um, also lost me my actual name. I don't know what I was called. All that remains is the Viscount Greaves. Um, so I am a vaporous body contained by a suit. Uh, I was an explorer. I was a scientist explorer, um, probably in the I don't know the eighteen hundreds or something. The kind of the kind of um, uh, rich amateur scientist who flitted about the globe in investigating all sorts of strange mysteries and and pursuing all kinds of um, weird uh, avenues of research. Um, and something, something, somehow I ended up deep undersea uh, in a submersible, possibly one of my own construction, um, uh, drawing ever closer to some great cosmic truth. Um, my origin was that I got too close to the truth and died, but death would not take me. So I saw something down there in, in the Stygian depths, um, but I don't know what it was. Uh, I don't recall what it was. It was horrific, whatever it was. Uh, and I died down there along with the rest of my crew. I am imagining this was a long, drawn-out process. I did not die quickly. Um, so the suit that contains me is my diving suit. Um, it had a... The, the the helmet is is a is a bowl like a like a clear bowl shape. It's not one of those sort of traditional diving suits with with portholes. It's a it's a Mysterio style bowl um, filled with a gas and and just every now and again you think through the gas you get a glimpse of a of a skull of a skeleton inside this suit um, and I'm followed everywhere I go with this sort of aura of like these 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 little um, ghost lights these small pastel glowing lights sort of hover around me kind of look like you know deep sea fish or something um uh seen through sort of murky water um and there's a name badge on my on my diving suit sewn into my diving suit that through water damage and age and all the rest of it is is not readable anymore um 
that's so that's the Viscount Greaves. Um, the the last question on my playbook um, is is what form does death take to speak to me? Um, and the answer there is that they freeze time and possess someone near me, speaking through them. Uh, and when this happens, um, I think whoever whoever they're speaking through, their skin takes on that sort of sickly blue tinge of a, of a drowned victim, um, and their hair moves as if they were underwater. Yeah. And death speaks to me. So, so that's the Viscount. So I've been around a long time, and possibly in the division for a long time, um, but not long enough that. If James's character were to go back in time and <laughs> remove the asteroid, indeed, not that long. Cease to exist. It's got me beat by approximately sixty-five million years. Very approximately. <laughs> I should say, I, I figure I've been with Division for like I don't know a, a few years, enough to like roughly orient myself. But we've sort of cleared away all the initial fish out of water comedy. Left a left a little bit of scope for that, but uh, you know we've, we've we've covered the whole how do I speak English part. Well, also I ate a guy's brain. I mean that teaches you English. And it no doubt I I knew Danforth before. It was it was oh, Danforth, absolutely right? yes, it was Danforth. Yeah. And in case anybody missed it, um, Nick's harbinger thingy is that he likes to eat psychics. <laughs> I sure do, and I think so. I specifically right? think. <laughs> I specifically think that hunger is is something that makes no sense to me, but is borderline uncontrollable. Um, like since being recovered from the depths of the ocean in a in a damaged submersible, well past the point where all of my compatriots were dead, I now hunger for psychics. That's what happens if you go down too deep. Clearly. Oh, and and the last point: pathological fear of submersion. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. Groovy. And that leaves Sue, last but not least. Okay. Um, so uh, mine and my character's pronouns uh, are she, her. Um, my character is called August. Um, August Nye, as in the end is. Mm-hmm. Um, a name that uh, someone else gave me to mark an auspicious date. Um, I was um, I was found in an abandoned facility um, that performed cruel experiments, uh, but this is something I I don't have I don't really have any coherent memory of. Um, I have visions that I think relate to it to it. Um, so visions of shadows that speak with distorted voices. Uh, that haunt me. Um, they, they, the visions seem medical or ritualistic in nature, but that's that's the most I can kind of make of it. I'm not sure what they mean. Um, I am generally quite human-looking, um, although I am uh, freezing cold to the touch. Um, so I am. I've generally got several layers of clothes on. Um, I've got a favourite ski jacket that I wear as well. If I'm feeling, if I'm especially feeling the cold, um, but I am always smiling, like always smiling, which is not a good thing. <laughs> um, and. Uh, but that's how I'm. That's how I'm trying to be human. Passing, I think. Just put, just put a happy face on, and everything will be fine. Um, uh, I think due to um, uh, the circumstances of my you know, where I was found and hints at um, quite a disturbing past um i think i have some trust issues which is why probably why the darkness demands that i destroy my friends before they destroy me um and uh as a bonus for the way i'd been treated why not create an army of mindless puppets while i'm at it 
I can see a way um. to kill two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's I think that's August. Oh, I think she has um, uh, the so the division has a has an orphanage. I think she was kind of quite young when she was found, and she was sort of brought up in that orphanage, and then spent a bit of time as one of the caretakers there as well before she actually moved into the division proper. Thank you for listening to Black Armada Tales. We've been playing Apocalypse Keys by Jamila Arnajardi. If you'd like to find out more about Apocalypse Keys, check out evilhat.com slash home slash apocalypse hyphen keys. Or check out the show notes where you'll find that link together with links to our stuff. See you next time. My name is Josh Fox, and with me I have alphabetical order. I'm Becky Anderson. I'm Nick I'm Jade Torrance. Damn it, Alphabet! <laughs> <laughs> I was doing my surname. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> we'll edit it all out and then put it in the blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs>